live in a different world than we did just 30 seconds ago. It's a different world, it's a different day, but we are back on the Fantasy Draft Room Podcast. Welcome to the Fantasy Draft Room. I am Chase. You can find me on Twitter at TrophyChaseTFDR. And as always, my man Cody, where can they find you at? As always, y'all can find me on Twitter at, at Cody Smith TFDR. You can find the joint account at underscore TFDR. YouTube at the Fantasy Draft Room. Podcast wherever you get them at the Fantasy Draft Room as well. And I think that's all we've got to plug. Let's get into this show for this week, man. Yeah, we got a fun one here. We we have a real, we've been doing a lot of mocks. We have a real mid-season startup draft, uh, courtesy of the 4D chess community. The the South Harmon Institute of Technology is what they are called. You can find them on at on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash the uh I believe South, South Harmon. Yes. So we'll, we'll, we'll pitch that again here, but we have a full startup that we, we're looking at. I think we have like the first seven or eight rounds. So it's just gonna be fun to dive into and see how we're doing it with the 23 class involved. So, uh, but first things first, we have playoffs coming up for this season. And we want to look at some of the matchups we have. We have two weeks left. Maybe there's some trade targets we can look into. Maybe there's some matchups that you have an advantage of, or maybe some players that you're like, man, I would love to get off of this guy. He has to face three top five defenses. So we're going to dive into each positions, top and bottom. You'll, you may want to pause the video throughout to see what the sheet looks like and see we, we have all the data pulled up. Uh, props to Cody on doing all this. So we'll, we'll dive right in here. I'm going to throw this up right now, and we will see what the quarterback landscape looks like for our playoff matchups, and maybe we can identify what we're doing with some of these quarterbacks here. So away we go. First things first, it's gross at the top. <laughs> it is. It is god-awful at QB. You are not playing matchups. These are not the guys Oof. you want to stream. As much as I might love Mike White, um, I was not hoping <laughs> that he would be the best playoff matchup for quarterbacks. If he's still the quarterback at that time, I personally think he will be. So Mike White, possibly a good pickup. If you're scrambling a quarterback, you've got a Matthew Stafford who may never play football again. Uh, you've got Mike White can be your, can be your savior this year. You've got Russell Wilson, who's awful this year. Uh, Maybe Mike White can be your savior, but I'm Maybe. still not really. No, I'm still not really trusting it. So, then you've got Houston and whatever situation that is. You don't want to start any of those Kyle guys. I don't Allen. care. I don't care what the matchup is. I'm never wanting to start Kyle Allen. Jimmy G, we can work with. I can work with yeah. that one, right? And then Carolina, Atlanta, Green Bay, Pittsburgh, and these are ranked best to worst playoff matchups for the team against that defense so the defense gives up fantasy points to the quarterback position and these are obviously the 32nd most points if you're looking at uh the middle week here for the new york jets so, so what you're looking at here on this chart just so everyone kind of has an idea to break down is the far right column is the average playoff uh schedule ranking as of right now which is going into week 13 so we have two weeks left 13 and 14 that's the average playoff ranking right now. So that's going to be uh, best at the top or the easiest schedule at top, hardest schedule at the bottom. And then you have the 13 through 17. So this is including the next few weeks. 
uh, matchups broken down there as well. And then you also have the individual ranking per week in those columns to the left um, accordingly, 13, 14, 15, 16, and 17. So if you want to pause, check some of these out, please do. Um, obviously, as you mentioned, yeah, I mean, Jimmy G is probably the only one that you really want to stream. If you're in a situation where you're putting in Mike White, I'm not putting any Carolina quarterback, any Houston quarterback. If you're doing that, you're probably not in the playoff hunt like you think you are. Um, so ease up. Uh, Atlanta, though, you know, Atlanta people have been streaming a lot of, of Marcus Mariota this year, and he's been surprisingly good. So Atlanta, you if you can if you find somebody in your league and you're looking for a QB2, maybe you have Russell Wilson, Matt Stafford, um, and you're looking for a QB2, if you can go out and get Marcus Mariota for a second, uh, maybe second and a third, just to if you're a legitimate contender and you're like, I could use 15 points out of my super flex, like go go after and try and send out something for Mariota. Um, I'm not doing that for Green Bay, but like, do you think that that's a, a kind of a savvy move to go after maybe Jimmy G? He might be tougher to attain, but may, uh, Marcus Mariota? Yeah, Marcus Mariota is the one that definitely popped out uh, first in my mind. I'm perfectly fine getting Jimmy G as well. I think both these guys yeah. are going to have jobs next year too, so you're not even just for getting sure. them as a one-year rental. Um, and just for uh, transparency here, the average playoff that we're projecting this is going to be for standard 12-team leagues. So you will have your playoffs being yeah. weeks 15, 16, and 17. If you're playing week 18 playoffs, one, you're doing it wrong, but this won't include that data. And then two, if you have expanded playoffs, it's not going to include weeks 14 or 13. So you may just want to use the 13 through 17 counter. But yeah, at the top here, not really looking to target anybody outside of Marcus Mariota or Jimmy G if that is where I'm trying to make my moves. But looking at the bottom, you've got some of the guys that you do actually want. Um, yeah. <clears throat> Trevor Lawrence, Patrick Mahomes, uh, Tannehill. These guys, Tua, like these guys are in your, in your super flex leagues. You're starting them every week. Am I scared off of these guys because of it? No. No, uh, this is one where I'm going to trust the guys that I have to carry me. If they've carried me up to this point through the playoffs, you're probably just going to have to roll them back out there. But Trevor Lawrence, I mean, he's not an unbeatable fantasy asset and playing the worst matchup against quarterbacks. It's it's not anything. It's not anything here at the bottom where I'm trying to move off of guys and trying to sell it like discounts just to try to get the matchup advantage because it's probably not actually that much of an advantage. It's just something to take into account. I'm not selling Patrick Mahomes and down tiering to like Justin Herbert because of his playoff matchups, right? Like it's just not advisable. But it is something that you should be looking at as we get to this point of the season. Yeah, we're trying to close out like you, you got two weeks left, essentially, for most leagues. You got two weeks left to make it into the playoffs, figure out position, you know, seating in the playoffs. So, you know, Trevor Lawrence does have a couple good matchups coming up in week 13 and 14. But that 15, 16, 17 is brutal. And if you are streaming quarterback, maybe you're streaming a quarterback, too. And you're like T-Law has been kind of your guy you've been putting in there. But you have a Mariota, you have something like that. This is what we want to do is we want to be looking at these matchups. Again, quarterback isn't necessarily the position I'm looking to sell because of playoff matchups. This is still dynasty. This is also useful for redraft information as well. So, uh, you know, this that would change things if you're looking at redraft leagues, because 
then it's then it is pretty important, right? Like I'm still not selling Patrick Mahomes, but but you know I might be looking to to find a Tannehill replacement or or figure out a different option um, as we close the year out. But yeah, uh, I I feel like that's kind of wrapped it up. I mean, quarterback is is a little bit different than running back and and skill positions for me, where I'm not I'm just riding my guy. You have what you have at this point. If you had Stafford and you were kind of banking on him, he hasn't played well. Jimmy G, Mariota. That's about it. Yeah, if you want to move around in the tier of I don't care, guys. Yeah, I I think you can do that. However, like. There, there's no shot in hell I'm benching Patrick Mahomes in Never. my week 17 matchup just because he's placing a stingy Denver defense, right? Like, I'm just – I could never – let it ride. Never do that. You just got to let it ride, and you trust the talent of Patrick Mahomes. I'm fully fine doing that. Now, week 17 matchup of Andy Dalton or Jameis Winston, if Andy Dalton still has a job, <laughs> the toughest matchup against – Philadelphia Eagles in week 17 you better hope you're not relying on that one that's one where man that's a scary proposition if you're trying to win a league win that bankroll win that money and pay for a couple more leagues next year I'm not trusting whichever one of those two quarterbacks are out there to do it I will uh I'll gladly go pick up Mike White for a third if I'm if I'm getting to that point hopefully you know, <laughs> hopefully you know like your league allows allows trading all the way through uh, we played a couple leagues like that. We've also played a couple leagues where the trade deadline's already passed, so you can't even yep. really make these moves. Uh, and in those leagues, you know, it's not too much of a, not too much of an advantage or anything. And really, this could even be used for redraft single QB leagues if you're trying yes. to make this push into next year. So, uh, I do like this data, but like we've said, it's quarterbacks. It's a little bit harder to really use and manipulate for the better of your roster. Let's dive into running back then and just kind of kick things off here. Um, we got the easiest matchup with the New Orleans Saints, Baltimore, Kansas City, the Rams, Tennessee, the the Jets as well up there. So you got the, the top, and let's look at the bottom as well. So you got your bottom group, worst matchups, Cincinnati, Las Vegas, Cleveland, and the Chargers. So you, you actually have some big names on both sides here. What kind of stands out to you with – with this running back group, what are you what are you looking at here? Yeah, it's and for a lot of these running backs here at the bottom, I think that's where I start to look at it. Is there's a large difference between their weeks thirteen and fourteen matchups and their you know the rest of season average opponents rank between or just comparatively to their fifteen, sixteen, and seventeen weeks where man, you're facing number one, number two defense multiple times and. Those are ones where, especially for like Cincy, you've got Joe Mixon coming back off of injury right now. Sounds like he is going to play this week, but maybe ride him out. And if you can flip him right before the playoffs into another, you know, lateral move at the running back position, I think this is where you could possibly get off of Joe Mixon in in front of the playoffs because Joe Mixon, Josh Jacobs, even these are some brutal matchups. Yeah. I mean, you have Mixon, Jacobs, uh, Nick Chubb, you know, again, Nick Chubb, his playoff schedule is rough. So he, he has the next two weeks that are, that are probably going to be pretty easy. Um, but that is a brutal playoff stretch for him at same thing with, I mean, look at the bottom five, you got Eckler, you got, um, Aaron Jones there in green Bay. I, it's not as bad. He has a tough week 15 matchup or yeah, week 15 matchup and then 16, 17 or more middle of the pack. But 
These are some big names at the bottom. I'm not necessarily, again, you're not going to panic sell on Eckler. You're not going to panic sell on Nick Chubb. I mean, these are two of the highest scoring running backs in the league. But, you know, if you can get off of a Joe Mixon and find yourself, you know, Alvin Kamara plus, or maybe you're trying to get Derrick Henry. Like if, if, if Derrick Henry's not on a contender right now and you're not going after Derrick Henry, you're doing it wrong. Like Derrick Henry should be on a contender. And if he is, you know, leave it alone. But... But Derrick Henry is going to smash. He always smashes in December. It's his time to shine, and he has great matchups down here. Uh, New Orleans, I, I wanted to point this one out here because we, we've talked about this off air. Alvin hasn't played great. That offense has been brutal, to say the least. Are you looking to acquire him for a playoff run? Because that is a soft schedule. It's very, very soft. Uh, Atlanta, Cleveland, and Philly all pours to the running back room. But, man, like like we've been saying, there's been like two spike weeks that Alvin Kamara's had, and outside of that, nothing's been nothing's been going good for that guy. He's just pedestrian, kind of plodding along, catching a couple of balls, and it's saving his fantasy. It's fa- saving his fantasy weeks from not being just complete duds, but it's not winning you any weeks either. And I don't know – I don't know if this offense, with how bad it is with Andy Dalton at the helm right now, I don't know if a good matchup fixes that because they're still going to have to score points. Alvin Kamara is going to have to score touchdowns. They're going to have to keep drives going. And this offense right now is bad to the point of they're looking like they don't want to play football. And if they can't keep drives going, it's not going to matter who you're facing, what your matchup or how many fantasy points they gave up to the running back of the room. It just doesn't matter. Yeah, in, in Dynasty, you know, I, I I pointed out like trading from Joe Mixon to, to Alvin, and maybe that's not the best example, but like if you're able to get Alvin at a cheapish price, I'd be willing to consider it. But uh, just because I, I don't think he's washed, like, you know, long term, and this is still Dynasty, like you can still make the play. He has played bad. Maybe you have an owner that's panicked on him. Maybe you can get him for the, you know, on the cheap. Like if that's a possibility, uh, explore it, right? Explore those types of options. Baltimore running back by committee. I think it's going to be Gus Edwards backfield, but JK Dobbins is coming back. Any interest with Baltimore at all? No, avoiding that backfield. Off, I'll stay off of that backfield. Yeah. I, I would honestly say like it might bump Lamar up a little bit. Not calling Lamar a running back at all, but I think we're all past that narrative that we had for a couple yeah. of years there, but um, no, I'm not trusting that running back room. J.K. Dobbins, hope he can even just stay healthy through the rest of the season once he comes back. Uh, that's all I'm hoping for out of him. Then you got the conglomerate of Justice Hill, Gus Edwards, J.K. Dobbins. Yeah, no. And this offense hasn't looked great either, to be honest, if we're being, yeah. if we're being fair about it. But I think, th- I think they would be a little bit easier to exploit matchups with comparatively to a New Orleans Saints and Alvin Kamara, though. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you have Isaiah Pacheco in Kansas City, third easiest matchup. They did just sign Melvin Gordon. You know Melvin has revenge on his mind with Denver. You know, again, they don't play. They play week 14, thankfully, and then week 17. Um, but you know that Melvin's going to want to get some touches. You know Kansas City loves to divvy up the backfield. Are you interested in Pacheco at all? I could be interested in Pacheco. Um, 
to be honest, I don't think Melvin Gordon's going to get hardly any work in this running back room. <laughs> I think it's still just going to be Jarek McKinnon and Isaiah Pacheco. And if they want to put Melvin Gordon on the field so that he can actually fumble the ball to Denver instead of away from Denver, they can go ahead and do that. But I think after about the second time he does that in the first game and the, like, the third time he's actually touched the ball for them and stepped on the field, I think they're going to realize why Denver ended up cutting Melvin Gordon. And I uh, don't think he's going to be anything worth of note. So Pacheco, I mean, actually, I do kind of like him long term. I think this running back room probably looks about the same going into next year. It's a decent matchup. So if you want to go out and buy yourself some Pacheco, I don't mind it really at all. Yeah, I'm with you there. There's there's a couple other teams like further down on the list. Again, you know, it's it's overall ranking. So it kind of puts them in in different tiers. A lot of these guys play. Um maybe one really good defense. And the one that really stands out to me is, is Houston. And then, um, I mean, Denver, you don't really care about, but Houston's the big one, like week, week 16, they have a really tough matchup against Kansas city's run defense. They are, uh, against Tennessee's run defense, excuse me, always play tough, but Houston will run the ball. I know it hasn't been pretty for Damian Pierce, but I do think you're going to see some really good, uh, opportunities for Damian Pierce to smash during your playoffs it's just going to be game script dependent, unfortunately. So uh, he's one that I, that kind of stood out for me. And then also, um, where was it? Is it, is it Buffalo? Yeah. Buffalo has some easier matchups. Chicago to me, or Chicago to me is, is a, is a cakewalk one. You have Miami who can't stop anything on defense. I think their, their running defense is a little bit, their numbers are a little skewed, I feel, uh, just because they you can pass on them so easily. And then right there at the end, you're going to have Cincinnati. And Cincinnati will be a tough one or a little bit more challenging. But uh, anything else stand out to you of, of any of these running backs? Anyone else you want to touch on before we move forward? Last one, just circling back around, Derek Henry. I mean, he's going to absolutely eat through the playoffs. Oh. And I don't have too much of concerns about the Week 17 game in Dallas. But if you just want an easy path to the championship game, and then you know you have some other running backs maybe that can pick it up, pick it up in that game. Derrick Henry, like going against Houston, well, I think it's for the past six games he's had over like 200 yards or something against Houston every time he plays them. Earlier this season, 32 attempts, 200 and 219 yards and two touchdowns. That was a beautiful game to go to and watch. Uh, Derrick Henry, Henry will continue to run over that defense. And they will probably rush it again for 30 plus times, another 200 yards, and another two or three touchdowns in that game. So, if you need a week uh, 16 win, Derrick Henry is the one to do it. And you might actually not have to start any other players in your lineup. You just start Derrick Henry, and he's going to score you like 50 points. Yeah, especially in redraft. I mean, I, there's one league in particular that we've talked about quite a bit Royal Rumble. Um, 2018 to copy, and I am already looking at a week 16 matchup with a particular person, and they have one Derrick Henry. And I'm like, it'd be really nice to to not have they to get, face. They that get person. bounced week 14 and or week 15. Please. Week 14 instead of week 15. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah you're hoping let's get an one. early elimination there. So let's dive here into the wide receiver room. Um, again, Houston at. <laughs> Houston at the top, don't care. Carolina, don't care. Baltimore wide receivers, don't care. Pittsburgh, maybe you're starting George Pickens, but like all of these, Denver, Green Bay, Atlanta, I mean, Drake London, like I'm not looking too into 
the wide receivers at the top here. I just no one I really want to acquire. No one I'm like, oh well, Alan Lazard has a good matchup. Like maybe. Do you feel good about any of these teams at the top? No, man, this is gross. <laughs> I wanted something more actionable from this from this wide receiver core. Whatever I first put this day together, clicked sort and looked at the top, and I was like, "Oh, that's awful, 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 awful." <laughs> There's nobody that's even benefiting from this. Like DJ Moore in weeks, you know, DJ Moore maybe if Sam Darnold can hold the team You're together. Already- you're already starting him. I mean, in deeper leagues, maybe you take a shot on like the Baltimore wide receivers and just hope that Demarcus Robinson hits hope. Brandon cooks finally figures it out here during your playoffs. But like, if you feel like you're starting Brandon cooks in your playoffs and you're like, ah, maybe now's the time. I just don't feel good about it, man. As, as my third flex in a start <sighs> 11, start 12. <laughs> like that's yeah. That's where you're looking at it, but man, it is. Nobody that I'm going out to like target in a trade to laterally move at the same kind of rank and pick up a playoff matchup because these guys just aren't aren't going to do it for me. I mean, and as we go through some of this, like this is a lot more redraft focused. Like you know, again, you can start sit matchups based on this as well, but like you're not wholesale selling Justin Jefferson, you know, because he has a bad matchup. Would you? I guess at the bottom, would you sell Juju? Are you looking to sell Juju, but he's tied to Patrick Mahomes. Tied to Patrick Mahomes. I'm not. I'm not trying to sell him. I mean, if I'm, right. if I'm saying I'm not going to punt on, on, you know, Mahomes because of his quarterback matchups, I'm not going to punt on the wide receiver. The only thing, like you know, maybe it's a bigger, maybe it spells more work for Kelsey in the tight end game. Uh, maybe you do see a little bit more ground. We saw that they had a good matchup against the running backs or the defenses were giving up points to the running backs. Maybe you see a little bit more production out of them. Maybe the touchdowns go there. But, again, no wholesale changes coming from this, especially with the teams that we're seeing where where they fell to. Yep. And as you go through this, again, as you all are listening to this, feel free to pause, jump back and forth to the QBs, the running backs, wide receivers, tight ends, because what's what you're going to notice here is, like, there are deficiencies in different areas. You're going to see some teams are really good against the run, supposedly or really good or, you know really poor against the pass and and trying to identify what those matchups are how you can utilize that information to your advantage so uh do fast forward do check some of that stuff out uh, any any particular wide receiver rooms you want to highlight cleveland with sean uh yeah you want to go buy some mari cooper that's about the highest one i really would want to make any any changes on even DPJ? We talked a little bit about him as he could be one of the guys who gets a bump from Deshaun stepping into this offense. Dallas with CD, and then you're you're just kind of middling after that. I'm not really. I'm trying to highlight the. I'm trying to target the large deficiencies, the large places where I think I'm gaining an advantage. And I just really don't see that. And for for looking at these sheets from from future, I am going to tweet these out on my Twitter at Cody Smith TFDR. So go there, check it out if you want to look into these further and use them for the rest of the season. Perfect. Let's uh, jump over to tight ends unless there's last anything you want to touch on here before we do. No, let's jump out of this one. All right. So tight end, um, obviously it's the most streamed option that we have in, in redraft or in dynasty, right? So you have the big two at top with Kelsey and Mandrews. 
outside of that, it's kind of there's names. There's there's guys that put up numbers from time to time, but you got some good matchups here that you can kind of exploit or look to exploit down the home stretch. I mean, the Jets with Tyler Conklin, the the Patriots with Hunter Henry. You got I'm not touching Carolina. No. Indy, we saw what Jelani Woods could do. I problem I always have with Indy, Indianapolis tight ends is I always like them individually, but they roll four of them out a game, and you just never know who it's going to be. Next week, it's going to be Mo Ali Cox getting, the, getting those touches. And then it'll be and Kyle like, Granson. What's going on here? Yeah, yeah. it's 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 a dark throw at tight end anytime you put an Indianapolis tight end in. So maybe maybe a best ball target um, if you want to go get any of those guys in a best ball league, but I'm – I. I have a hard time rostering any Indianapolis tight ends and lineup leagues. Yeah. From there, you've got Tanyan in uh, Green Bay, the, the rookie in Arizona, Hayden Hurst in Cincy, Dolchich. If you think Russ can actually put together a little bit of a stretch and actually score, a t- actually throw a touchdown pass, <laughs> and that's probably where I'm ending. Houston, we've seen a couple of uh, big games from Aikens and then San Francisco with George Kittle. Hopefully he stays healthy for the rest of the year. But even if he is, that offense just has so many weapons right now that it's oversaturated and Kelsey's in line blocking a lot. Yeah, I, uh, I as I look at those, there's some – Conklin is the one that stands out. Henry had a good a good game this past week. It, it seems like things might, might click for him. Um, Tanyan is just so hit or miss. It just depends on what Jordan Love does. Like that's the big thing for me with with Tanyan is we don't know what's going to happen. We we had the the news come out news that Aaron Rodgers might be okay with Jordan Love starting if they're eliminated from playoff contention. <laughs> Rodgers already said he's starting this week. So right, and that's this week. But like if they lose this week and you're looking at the playoff stretch of, of fifteen, you know, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen. And you got Jordan Love under center. I mean, what what does he do? Like, what does that True. look like? It might depend. It might depend. Like, he's going to need he's going to need thumb surgery, I believe, in this offseason at some point. So yep. he might just say, you know what, let's let's get onto this four four weeks early, and I can rehab during the season instead of rehabbing during my offseason. There's a possibility with that, but uh, I mean, Jordan Love looks serviceable in his nine yeah. attempts that he dropped back for. So I obviously want to see a little bit more of a sample size before we start saying this is going to be a you know, not lose a step without Aaron Rodgers in there, even though it's a hurt and underperforming Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> um, I, I'm not fully trusting Jordan Love yet. So no. we'll, we'll see how that one goes through and kind of monitor that one as we move on here for a couple more weeks before the playoffs. Yeah, at the bottom here, you got two big names at the bottom with Njoku, who's going to be tied with with Watson down the stretch. Um, you got some real tough matchups for them. You got some real tough match- matchups for Dallas Goddard as well. Presumably he's back because it sounds like he should be back week 14. So you do have, have some tough matchups. But again, if you have those guys, you're probably just rocking with them. I mean, I'd, I'd be hard-pressed to bench either of those guys. But I wouldn't blame you. Like tight end is just so streaky. Like if you had Tyler Conklin and Dallas Goddard, Goddard coming back off injury, like you got a decision to make, right? Like, may Adam, maybe you don't have a decision to make. But I find more often than not that Tyler Conklin comes through for you. Like yep. it, he just does. You just roll him out there, and somehow he gets fifty yards, which is a serviceable <laughs> tight end week. Yeah. And- 
So yeah, with with Cleveland, hopefully he's kind of uh, another wait and see one, see what he does yeah. with Watson coming back, and if those two have a connection, and he's put up you know two weeks with touchdowns before the pre before the playoffs and seventy yard plus games, then yeah, I don't care about the matchup then because it's tight end and it's a desolate landscape. I'm probably not finding anything better, even if he is facing the toughest matchup in the league. But kind of a wait and monitor to see on that one. Other guys down here. We really don't have a lot of tight ends that are hopefully you're not really starting most of these guys. The next one that I could even see, man, I'm really going all the way up to Baltimore before I'm really, you know, I have a guy that I want to lock and load every single week with Mark Andrews. Yeah. Uh, other than that, and now you're to the point of pretty much middling, you even got a pretty good matchup in week 16. So not, not too concerned with any of the other guys, but any of those random, uh, what do we call them? The dog shit, Dart throw, best dog shit, best ball, dart throws. Dog shit, best ball, dart throws. Yeah, any of uh, those tight ends, uh, I'm perfectly fine with pivoting over to like a Tyler Conklin if I want the playoff matchup to be good for me. And and if you have, you know, the way I like to build rosters is with with a lot of tight end options. You know, if I'm in a best ball league for sure, uh, obviously you don't have to worry about who to start and sit, right? You, you know, you feel good about trying to get like, you know, KDOT in week, what is it, week 16? playing um playing the cardinals like the cardinals are the matchup you you want by the way if you if you haven't figured this out the arizona cardinals are awful against the tight end so are the seattle seahawks both so if afc or nfc west there you go there's 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 the the glory glory range but yep. um yeah going, I, mean, uh, I would dolchich and dolchich over to otten and then over to commit for our playoff run if you can have all three of those go. on a best ball roster you're probably gonna track 20 that. plus points every week. We're going to freaking track that because I want to see what those three do against the Cardinals and how the, how that team looks because Denver's going to pass the ball. Uh, yeah, I, I, I've, I feel good about that. Let's write that one down. Komet should get some opportunity too. So um, let's see what that, what that final three weeks looks like. Any last things on tight end here? Let's uh, jump into our – before we jump into our – yeah, let's go over. I, I don't got anything else here, so let's get into let's get into so, our actual not mock draft, an actual draft that actual, actually has implications. Actual dynasty startup. Now, this is not scoring for twenty twenty two. This is actually a draft kicking off for uh, starting next season, and it is a twelve team super flex. Now, they do have some interesting scoring in here, big bonuses. Uh, things like that. The the setup is interesting, though. One running back start, one wide receiver start. You do not have to start a tight end. Yep. It is a 2.0 tight end premium, though. You don't have to start one, but it is. The rest are flex, and it is a start 14 best ball league. So you got to have some depth. You got to have some depth. Best ball opportunity, so that, that does help out with the start sit situation and again this is all courtesy of the 40 chess crew big shout out to to adam and to mike um, over there again it's patreon.com forward slash south Harmon. they are mid-draft right here so you can kind of see where they're at so far and i just want to kind of look at round one here where we have 10 of 12 picks being quarterbacks and two names really stand out to me what, what do you think of all this yeah, uh, the ones you're going to be looking at here. If you got two names, it's two that we wouldn't have had in even in our last in our last mock, I believe. I think we also did have the ten quarterbacks. We have the the same two position players and Jefferson and Chase, 
but two newcomers in the quarterback landscape of Tua and Fields. They've they've taken the leap, and people are ready to throw Tua and Fields up over Kyler Murray. <laughs> I uh, I don't care how uh, you know bad of a teammate he is, how you know he's just Kyler Murray only cares about Kyler Murray, as uh, was reported today by one of his ex teammates, but. I don't care what he I don't care what he is for the NFL whenever he's scoring points from my fantasy roster because he's still going to be a good fantasy QB. And as long as he's in the NFL, he's going to be starting. Like that's that's he's not going to be the 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 scapegoat. He's played well enough on the field. Like Cliff's gonna go. They're gonna figure out different options. He is starting. They've signed him. Nothing to worry about there. Yeah, I do think it's I do think it's getting to the point of having conversation though. I mean, two sure. fields. Uh, I don't think it, I don't think they're probably too far off, especially definitely not in community value. So I can't I can't fault the picks or anything. I just don't personally have them up over Kyler yet. Yeah, I mean, again, we're, you're splitting hairs because really what it comes down to is if you're in a startup, you want one of these. I mean, truly, you really want one of the top six. Like you want to make sure that you have Mahomes, Allen. Hurts, Lamar, Herbert, and Burrow. Like we'll we'll see what Watson is. I want to include him in there. At, you know, maybe seven. And then you you feel like you have to get a quarterback, right? You have to get one. And so it's not too far off. I probably would take Kyler over them right now, but I can't fault you for taking Tua or what we've seen from Fields. I do feel like you need to see some passing improvement from Fields going forward to really maintain this value. So I think Fields is the one that you could see stay or drop i guess a bit here but I, i'm zero zero problems uh dat going after t law was a little surprising to me but if you want to play the youth card if you want to 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 chase that that's about it but you really do want one of these 12 quarterbacks like if you miss out on these 12 you see what happens like you know nope. look you're at taking that, a shot that. on lance you're taking a shot on lance hopefully you know I guess even staying the quarterback with all these Tom Brady rumors, I'm not buying into them or of him going to San Francisco yet. But I guess it is something you actually have to consider now. And what happens to Lance? Does he sit another year? Does he get traded? What happens there? And is he going to be a serviceable fantasy quarterback? You know, you think he has enough rushing with his, you know, rushing floor to provide that fantasy Konami code quarterback style that we all like to have, but we just haven't seen it on the field yet. And going into year three is scary. And then you see the drop off. <clears throat> it's it's the rookies then. Like that's those are the only other. I don't ever want to fix my quarterback position or base my quarterback room off of rookies. Like that's just never the bet that I want to make. If I can make, have any rookie be my QB three, then I'm fine with it. I'm fine taking the shot that he turns into something and have the value increase on that pick. But I I don't want to be sitting here with you know. Luckily, Koopa Troopa here in the in the 10 slot went Dak and then the 102, which we assume is probably going to be either Bryce or CJ Stroud. And then he also has Pickett. So that one I feel a little bit better about. And it even threw in Russ here. He's going heavy quarterback. So that one I'm a little bit more okay with. But I don't want to be having only two quarterbacks and <laughs> one of them's a rookie. I just I can't do rookies. I can't do quarterbacks. We've seen what happens with Zach Wilson, you know. Before he's even hitting the end of year two, there's already question marks about does he even play for his original team anymore? <laughs> it's a wild landscape yeah. in the quarterback room, and I just want the secure guys. I want those top eight, just like you said. Yep, no doubt about it. Like, I, and I feel good. I guess you know, with with Tua right now, I feel good with Dak. I feel good with Kyler. Like again, 
you you, you got to get one some way somehow. Um, and this is three three round or third round reversal. So as you see, the one hundred two, one hundred three, one hundred four, one hundred five in that round. Uh, that is not backwards. We 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 do know what we're we're doing with that. It is a third round reversal. So, um, but yeah, like assuming that the one hundred two is going to be a quarterback there with either Stroud or Young, <laughs> and then you have the one hundred three, which again we're going to assume is the other quarterback available, and then you got the drop all the way down to we have Kenny Pickett. Cousins, another drop to Carr. I just want to kind of stick with the quarterbacks. You know, there might be a rookie in in that range as well, but truly, I'm not going to count that at this point. And then you get all the way down here to to Russ, Daniel Jones, Mac Jones. It's a it's a it's, brutal landscape. It's gross. Like I, I, it makes perfect sense, right? Like I'm not. There's no like, oh my gosh, I can't believe these quarterbacks fell. It's that's where they belong. Like that's the sad part about this. I wish these quarterbacks were values, and maybe they will be. Maybe next year, you know, Russ plays better. Maybe Daniel Jones getting a contract extension boosts his value. Mac Jones, you know, getting a bump. Like maybe that'll happen. But for what we're seeing, like this, this makes perfect sense. This quarterback landscape landscape makes perfect sense for what we've seen on the field. Yeah, going just sticking with the quarterbacks, we do have a couple more picks that have come off the board. About one round has come off the board since we put this oh, this slide together. Uh, quarterbacks that have gone since then in the middle of the eighth round, you have Matthew Stafford, and then okay. after that, at the turn, B Hall seven here at the twelve spot went Geno Smith, Ryan Tannehill back to back at the turn. So those are all of the quarterbacks that have gone off the board in this draft so far. All right, all right, Geno. Yeah. Gino and Matthew Stafford, though. I, I couldn't personally have Matthew Stafford over Gino right now with the concerns that I have about him. I'm a bit surprised that Gino didn't go in this Russell Wilson, Daniel Jones range, Mac Jones Same. range. Um, but still, I mean, hey, maybe that's a quarterback value. That's a, a, a best ball guy that you're going to be happy you have on your team. Yeah, definitely a uh, drastic change in value from our preseason. You know, one eleven to two hundred two, I believe, is the kind of range that Matthew Stafford was going in. And now, one year later, not even a full year later, eight eight in this mock, or in, in this actual startup, not mock. Yeah, this is an actual startup with money on the line. So these people make these picks with the intention that this is going to be their team going forward. So that's that's what we love about it. And, and again. Uh, appreciate uh, them sharing this and letting us, you know, kind of break this down so far. I do want to jump into running back. Let's just go positionally, and then we'll kind of discuss the picks and everything later. But uh, positionally, running back next. Uh, you see, Jonathan Taylor is the first current running back, but we all know the one hundred and one there at the that two seven slot. Mister McNutted, which which is the teardown king, got Bijan Robinson as the first running back off the board. JT next, and then you had Kenneth Walker, and then maybe what we'll assume is the 104 as Gibbs, maybe um, for now. And I, you know, this is based on mock data that we have. So Gibbs will be the 104. How do you feel about those first four running backs with Bijan, Taylor, Walker, Gibbs? So it's a little bit different, I think. Obviously, 101 is Bijan right now barring yeah. unspeakable things that happen between now and Stop next it. season. We don't it's even speak Bijan. about those things. So it's Bijan Robinson. Um, but these are picks and I don't know when they're having their draft. However, the draft pick, even if it was Bijan Robinson, the one one is still more valuable than the player 
as you would probably own like a Debbie league it is more valuable than having Bijan Robinson because you have the flexibility. Every single person wants the 101. Every single person wants these top end picks. You can decide at the 102, do you want, you know, Stroud or Bryce Young? So even if the 104 is, you know, projected to be Gibbs right now, doesn't have to be. And so that value will, will hold more than just having Gibbs on your roster right there that you're actually drafting right now. Gibbs, it, but still for the 104, it's it's a little high for me, to be honest, <clears throat> in terms of just if I was to place Gibbs in there and and take without knowing the landing spot, without knowing the draft capital, it's it's a little bit too high for me. It's an interesting return that we've already seen. You know, I think in our last mo- or in our last mock draft that we had, Jonathan Taylor was all the way down to running back five. We've seen him come all the way back up to the current landscape of running backs, all the way back up to RB two in this, assumedly. And I think that's probably right. I think it's a little bit closer than some of these. You know, I don't think there's a a round or a half a round of disparity between him and Kenneth Walker, though. I don't know if I would go. I still don't know if I'm going Kenneth Walker. I still, I think I still like these guys that are going off in round four here with Saquon and CMC. Yeah, you know when you look at them, they're all young, right? Like if I'm just going to put names to them for the sake of it, but like Bijan, JT, Walker, and and Gibbs, young guys, all versatile. Kenneth Walker has shown flashes. We know what JT is and can be. Bijan's, you know everything that he can do is pass catching is, is running. I mean, he literally looks like he's, as you say, slalom skiing through, through holes, which is, it, it, that's kind of what it looks like. So he, there's special gifted guy. And I, and like you said, that pick or even Bijan himself being the tradable asset that he is holds immense value. Gibbs is a little bit high for me. Uh, even if he's at the four or five, he's going to go in that range. I would definitely take the Brees Hall, ETN, Barkley, McCaffrey. I think I'm taking, I'm taking all of them over over him. Um, ETN, maybe not. You know, as I start looking at some of those, Eckler, Chubb, Swift. Like, I'm just going to start listening off the next group here. Again, running back just changes so much. Like, we've done three of these, two, two, three of these mock drafts already. This is obviously being a real draft. Makes it feel a little bit different. And I'm like, man, I... I don't know that I want to take Kenneth Walker. I don't know that I want to take JT at that spot. Like it's just not that they're not good players and they're not going to give you a, a return. But like, I do, I do think we're starting to push this wide receiver trend a little bit too far, almost. Yeah. Like if I'm looking, if I'm looking at just pure, pure value, and I'm putting Garrett Wilson above any of those running backs that come here at the turn at the next round here in the fourth like if i just if i look at that on a roster right now today i mean I'm, i can sell saquon cmc two first i get a a first from garrett wilson right now and i know that it's startup i know that it changes things it's not exactly correspondent to your value but i don't know if i could just pass up on that much value on my roster right now as soon as the draft is over yeah and, and you know Jumping into, it's hard not to jump into the wide receiver because looking at the the players around some of these guys, it's like, what would you be taking? Would you want to take, you know, Devontae Adams that low? Like, you know, wouldn't you want him a little bit higher? Yeah, he's older, but again, this is projecting next year, right? And I guess that's that's where I kind of try to think ahead, where I'm like, okay, Garrett Wilson has shown flashes. Whether he has Zach Wilson, any other quarterback, obviously he's 
produced with other quarterbacks. He's produced with Flacco. He's produced with with Mike White. If they can figure it out there in, in New York, maybe he's up there with DK. You know, maybe that isn't as bad. You know, Drake London's up there with with Amon Ra. It doesn't feel great. The one that really shocks me, to be honest with you, is Olave at the three one. I, I, I like what he's done. He's played very well, but the come to earth moment that we've talked about has happened. He's a good football player, but I am taking digs over him ten out of ten times. I'm taking, I like Amon Ra, maybe. I'm gonna take. Devonte Adams over Chris Olave, and that's just me personally because I look at the, the production. But again, looking at next year, I'm trying to block out the fact of this season, right? Like I'm trying really hard to block that out. But it's tough, man. Like you, you get to these young guys that are that have flashed, and you're like, what could they be? And so you start projecting, and maybe maybe it's projecting a little too much especially at wide receiver, especially at wide receiver because of how hyped wide receiver has been lately. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of hype and you know, like still these guys are just, they're going to be what 30 going into next year. D hop's still up there and producing like Adams is still up there and producing. I'm just going to take, I'm going to take the production. I know this is startup and you know, team building is going to come into it. You got your teams yes. that are playing, playing for the future. Obviously you're, you have a year, roughly i guess like eight months is that eight nine months until this is actually going to ever put production on the field so that's another almost year of age that you're losing if you were to make this a startup right now but i think it's just i think i think that's just our dynasty style though like we're gonna have the known production we're gonna build our win now teams and startups and we'll we'll let those other guys take the shots to see if they can turn it around next year and become a true i mean chris olave being up here like He's going to have to become a band tier wide receiver. Otherwise, you're you're losing out on value of the other guys you could take around him. Yeah, he's what wide receiver seven, I believe seven off the board. Uh, I just I just can't do that. I just can't do that. And, and I just feel like maybe these rookies are just a little bit too high for my taste. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, like as as we kind of break it down, like even looking at some of these later, you know. It, these later wide receivers like Cooper cup, uh, you know what he is on the field. And it's just, uh, especially when you're playing for 2023, he's a, I mean, it's, it's an ankle surgery, but it's, I believe it's just a tightrope surgery, high ankle sprain surgery. And so, man, like the production should be there from Cooper cup, as long as this offense can figure it out. And to be honest, like he was still producing perfectly fine with this offense as it was. And, and I don't know if it can, I don't know if it can get much worse. I mean, maybe you have a bridge quarterback, but anything's almost been better than Matthew Stafford this year. If, if he is out of there, you should have some offensive line pieces back and healthy or some other ones that you can maybe bring in through free agency. Something that should be better. And Cooper cup is a massive value to me here. Uh, another one, Amari Cooper. You know, we could see a massive explosion from him with Deshaun Watson coming in. He's already been producing very extremely well with uh, Jacoby Brisket back there, and so he's he's another one that I think is a little bit too low for how you and I would how you and I would probably start this thing off. Yeah, I keep jumping around here. Like I want, I was going positionally at first, and like now as I start looking at the team building and structure of some of these, I'm like, you know, oh, look at. Uh, 
uh, R Edwards or Redwards over there in the what the nine slot, and it's like oh Justin Fields and and Daniel Jones, Travis Kelsey, Stephon Diggs, Cooper Cup, Austin Eckler, Josh Jacobs. That team's smashing this year, right? Josh Jacobs being a free agent, Cup questions, Eckler age, Diggs age, again Kelsey age. Like they all should produce next year. They all should be still good for you in fantasy. But again, it's like I, I got to get out of my this year mindset of these guys playing. So, you know, I love that team um, and what that looks like. And on the, at the same time, you talked about productive struggles or, or teams that kind of drafting for the future. You know, you have B Hall over there that took Jamar, Waddle, Olave. You got Kirk Cousins, who's going to be around, Traylon, Ayuk, Najee. Like, he's building a good team so far. I mean, uh, all of these look good. I've built teams through the first seven, eight rounds that look beautiful and then i screw it up later so it happens you miss on picks uh you, you don't maximize the value those types of things happen but i think one thing like i just got it back in my head with how weird this setup is for a startup you don't even really have to team build it's just max points right because right. running back wide receiver your two quarterback your quarterback super flex and then 14 just standard flex spots so you don't even have to team build these. So if you want to just stack nope. up your wide receiver room, you can do that. And so to be honest, like as, as I was thinking about this again, saying like, I think the wide receiver value might be a little high. It might actually not, because if you're getting the same amount of production from a wide receiver that you can get from a running back, why the hell are you rostering a running back? I will take the wide receiver that I will roster every single time. You know, Scott Connor talks about it a lot or has talked about it a lot lately with his, you know, his roster construction series. Um, great listen on Destination Devi Radio. So please check out that. Uh, drops every Monday. He's talked a lot about the the wide receiver thresholds and what these wide receivers do, especially in best ball. A lot of these wide receivers you want to start in your flexes and lineups. But if you don't have to worry about which wide receivers to flex or which wide receivers to start, and you just compile a bunch of top 24, top 36 wide receivers that could smash like spike week in your lineup, and then you have running back darts later on in the draft, again, best ball. Do not have to worry about what you're starting. Going to be a very fun thing to see how B Hall finishes this up and what he does because he has the most wide receivers that stand out. Uh, Shane Joe, you know, in the in the seventh slot there, I believe is what it is. Um, you know, having the two, you know, got Lance and Watson for next year. You got Drake Pittman, DJ Moore, Marquise Brown. So they have like the most opportunities. But the one that really stands out here to me, and I'm sure you've seen it already as well is Mr. McNutted, which is which is the teardown king himself, 40 chess, one Iowa Michael on Twitter, at Iowa Michael. And uh, he, he does test these strategies out. He has Joe Burrow, the 101, the 103, the 107, the 108, 111, 201. And he's done this before. I've been in drafts where he's taken 10 quarterbacks. He's taken a bunch of wide receivers. He's taken a bunch of running backs. So he tests these theories out. He trades like crazy. He knows what he's doing. So I, I, I always, whenever I see something like this from him, I'm always curious what his brain is going through. And I know for a fact he's not worried about those picks. It's all about the leverage of this draft and how he can utilize those picks going forward. Uh, how If you were his team and you you drafted like this, like what, what would your thought process be? 
So it's interesting. I think you have to, I think you're selling probably half of these picks at least come draft season. Yeah. And to be honest with how this league is set up, I think one of them is probably going to be the 101. Because like I like I've said, I don't think I, I don't want to, you know, stake my lineup on Joe Burrow and CJ Stroud. I know it's start 14, it's best ball, deep lineups, it's going to be. And somebody else could crack my super flex over quarterbacks, I guess, pretty easily in some weeks. But obviously, trickle down effect, it's eventually going to come back to get you. The consistency of the quarterbacks, I still think you're going to be wanting to start two quarterbacks every or have two quarterbacks hit your lineup every week in this league. So Absolutely. if I can use Bijan to just leverage whenever it's, I don't just keep that trade market open. That's what I'm going to be doing with these picks. If I had all of these, I'm going to be in everybody's inbox all the way through the off season. I'm going to be that annoying manager whenever you're trying to watch basketball and <laughs> the like NBA finals or something. No, you're not. You're getting trade offers for the 101 and for Bijan, because if you want Bijan, you're going to have to pay up and I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to leverage all of these picks into the, most value that I can uh, probably, especially these back end picks, 107, 108, 111. Maybe I tier down, maybe even drop my 101, 103 to a lower pick and then pick up more capital. I think there's a lot that this, a lot that holding all of these picks can do for you in value. And we do have an update as this draft is still going live. I'm watching over on my other screen. He did pick up another pick. He's also got the 202 now and he has <laughs> made his first player in round Nine with the 907, he's picked up Deontay Johnson as his first player. First of all, uh, we, we talk about the depth in this draft, you know, having any picks within the 202, 203, 204 range, like you feel really good about. Like there's going to be some really good players on the board that you're comfortable drafting. Getting Deontay Johnson this late in the draft is insane to me insane to me anyways I, i'm gonna jump back to it so obviously he's got deontay johnson a nice wide receiver piece to build around i'm with you I, I feel like as you look at this and you're like oh well there's no way i would take you know the 107 over michael pittman or the 108 over dj moore or you know the 111 over you know joe mixon or javante williams josh jacobs like you might or ramondre like you might think that in your head but it's the leverage of having all of these picks and draft hype season coming around, right? Like, honestly, I feel like what might end up happening is he's might he's probably going to end up keeping the 111, 201, 202, maybe the 108. We'll see. I mean, he's obviously willing to trade any of them, but I feel like those are the ones he is more comfortable holding just because it's like, hey, the, those guys in that range are all about the same as like the 105, 106, 107. So he's probably going to be more willing to trade those and maximize the value of, of the 101, of the 103 and, and, you know, selling CJ Stroud for, you know, Kirk Cousins plus or for Kenny Pickett plus, you know, getting the pluses to build the depth that he doesn't have quite yet because he doesn't have players on his roster. But uh, I'm really interested to see what his team will look like come March, come July and come the start of the season, because it will not be all these rookies. Um, and, and if they are, I know he has no problem rolling into the season with it. And when you see Bijan smashing and you see CJ Stroud out there or, or Bryce Young out there, you're like, got to have me some of that, right? Yeah, so, I, think, I think one thing that I'm also just thinking about right now as I was working through like how yeah. I would try to attack this. So you're starting 14. I assume that the roster size is going to be massive. Like uh, 
35, 40 uh, for, for a 12 team league. 32 rounds that they're drafting. So, and then I'm sure assuming four, um, four taxis as well. Okay. So you can have 36 players. So in this league, from what we've seen, there's no trading in the startup. So you're going to be you're going to be locked in to having 23 players. If we're going 20 or 32 players, if you're going 32 rounds, you're going to have 32 players. Unless you have picks. So one, I can now backfill the entire back of my roster with wave anybody from the waiver wire. As soon as the draft's over, I feel I can backfill anybody on the waiver wire. I have the, the day after the draft, I'm picking up 10 people and adding them in my roster for free. And then past that, I can take every one of these draft picks and break it down into two players if I wanted to. Any one of them, I could probably break into two startable assets that could hit my lineup in a week in a start 14, turn each one of those play, each one of those picks into two players that could hit my lineup every single week. And if you do that, you have one of the deepest teams and one of the deepest starting lineups that I have really even seen. And I think that I'd be interested to see if uh, hopefully I didn't spoil any uh, hopefully I didn't spoil any strategies if that is where it's going. But I think I like that if we if we would ever be in a startup that looks like this. Yeah, interesting interesting strategy that I think could be implemented and leveraged pretty well. Yeah, I, I love that thought process as well. You know, again, all you got to do is hit on hit on a few of those those darts from from the waiver wire. And it changes the outlook of your team. Their trade pieces. There, it just it gives you so much flexibility with your roster and what you can do with an already very flexible scoring system and scoring setup. So, uh, yeah, again, enough breaking down his individual draft. I just it's always fun to see and kind of think through the thought process of of how would you handle this situation? What's going through his mind? Uh, because he is a a, a big time trader. And he, he has no problem moving anyone for the right price. So it uh, will be fun to see how that moves forward. Any other teams stand out? Any other players where, where they've been drafted? Um, you know, Derek Henry, like he's way down there, but dude seems like he's never going to die. Tony Pollard came off the board before like Dalvin Cook and Alvin Kamara. Yeah, that any, one I any, can't do. That yeah. one that one I can't do. I've, I've never been in on the Tony Pollard train, and I don't think I ever will be. I mean, he's going into like last year of his contract already. And we just keep saying, oh, he's going to be the guy when Zeke leaves. He's going to be the guy. And they love Zeke. I think Zeke might just like, I think might, Zeke might just like, they're going to give him one snap for the rest of his life every single game. <laughs> he's just going to take the first snap and kneel it down until he's 90 because they love rolling out Zeke there so much. So uh, Tony Pollard's still a little bit too high for me, though. I, I love the yeah. player. I just don't think the... I don't Same. think he's ever going to get the amount of burn he's going to be requiring unless he unless he leaves the Dallas Cowboys. One player, I'm just I don't know what I'm doing with anymore. This this isn't team or draft really, but I think it's high for me, and I don't know how far I would have him down. I'm almost done with Kyle Pitts. I think this is too high for what you're actually going to get back out of Kyle Pitts. I think this is actually like too high for Kyle Pitts. If if I'm eliminating what the community value is on him for the production that I'm going to get from Kyle Pitts, I mean, I would have him down in round six plus. I'm Especially not going to draft. I wouldn't draft him there. This. You don't need the tight ends either, right? So like, I, I've I've been on the train that Marcus Mariota is going to have this job in Atlanta next year because he's winning enough games. It's going Stop to be gross. That. 
it's going to be gross, but I'm just trying to get, I'm trying to put myself in the most possible outcome. And right now, as I see it, it's Marcus Mariota back there. It's already under contract. It's not for a lot of money. I think they're going to roll out Marcus Mariota again for another year. And if I have to see, if I have to sit through another year of Kyle Pitts in this offense with this scheme, with the amount of the pass, with how bad Mariota is at passing, it's another dead year. And then now I'm in year four of Kyle Pitts that I'm now waiting to hopefully see if they get a new scheme. Hopefully they get a new quarterback. Like, man, I, I'm out on Kyle Pitts. Yeah, I, I not, I'm not saying I'm out on him necessarily. Like, I still like him for my roster. But the problem is, is his value has tanked significantly. Like, I have a lot of Kyle Pitts. Um, and I have tried trading off of him in certain areas where I'm a win-now team. And I'm like, man, just give me a good tight end. Like, what do I got to do to get Kelsey? Like, Pitts should still have value to get me Kelsey, right? Like, what do I have to kick in a, a second? I can't get deals done like that, man. I have seen some pits for Kelsey straight up, and it's just the opposite of the age spectrum. But like, I've had people not willing to give two firsts for him. Like, that's that's been a very common thing where like, oh, I'll give you a first and a second, or I'll give you a first and like, uh, not even a top eight tight end. Like, I might be able to get a first and Dolchich maybe, and I just don't feel great about that, especially considering like this time last year or in the off season, even six months ago, you're able to get three first value for Kyle Pitts. Yes, he can smash. He can be elite. He has the tools. He has every possible thing that you think that he needs to succeed, except the most important thing, a quarterback. And they just can't get him the ball the way that they need to. And I don't know if it's the scheme, if it's, if it's Mariota, uh, if it's a combination of all those things, but yeah, like I don't think I'm, I'm taking, especially if I don't need tight end in a league or I, there's not a, you know, I guess he's banking on the heavy premium for the future. He's got a young team, you know, just looking at the team build at this point with, with Wilson, ETN, Swift, Devonta Smith, Christian Kirk, all younger guys, all guys that are going to be around. So maybe it's a productive ish struggle hoping for, for something to pay off, but yeah, I'm with you. Like, I don't think I'm taking, I don't think I'm drafting Kyle Pitts in this range. I think I'm going to take my chance on somebody else at this point um, because his value is what his value is, unless they get a quarterback change this offseason. If that does happen, then yeah, I have no problem seeing Kyle Pitts here. So he maybe he's banking as well on Mariota not being in Atlanta. I still think you, I still think it's more scheme as like, Obviously, Mariota would help, but I still think this is a Arthur Smith problem for this offense and its receiving yeah. options. Whenever you're throwing the ball 20, 22 times a game, and you're just rushing it down people's throats and you're winning games. You're, I mean, I know they're not, I don't think they're above 500 anymore. I think they picked up a loss this week, but they're still in contention for that division with how bad it is. Brutal. And so, yeah, it's, it's just, a, just a player that I, looking at him here, I, I couldn't spend a second round draft pick on him anymore. No, nope. Um, any other names that kind of stand out here? T. Higgins, Olave, again, it, it's projecting future, projecting future, projecting future. Keep reminding myself that. Um, I, I was a bit surprised with some names that weren't on the board. I believe DeAndre Hopkins did come off the board after this. Like when you think about it, like would you rather have, you know, DeAndre Hopkins or 
Christian Watson. And Christian Watson's had some some good games lately. Would you ever rather have Christian Kirk or DeAndre Hopkins? Um, the 201 or DeAndre Hopkins. Like yep. <laughs> when you kind of look at it that way, it's like, all right, where where do you where did he end up going off? Um I, I do have that one up as well. On brand for the team makes sense. Went to Redwoods here in ah, the, uh, the eight slot, I believe, or nine slot. And so that is a that is a win now team. I have some questions at the quarterback for him, but that is right <laughs> on brand for that team. And uh that, that's gonna be a that's gonna be a monster of a monster of a team next year if he can get that if those two quarterbacks do hit. Yeah, he's he's definitely winning twenty twenty two. Unfortunately, they're not playing this year, but um, <laughs> yeah, next year if they all continue on the same path like that, that is going to be a a, a formidable team if he continues to to draft that way. Um, any other things you want to touch on here? Anything pick related? Um, no, I think just looking at the overall landscape of things, you know, I've been. I've, I thought from, you know, conversations we've had, especially within destination, within destination Debbie discords and everything like that. And some, some just general feels that I've had from around the landscape of fantasy football, dynasty fantasy football. I thought that we would have some more teams just fully go into that kind of like what Redwoods is doing in the, in the win now where yeah. these juggernaut teams, like I, I pretty much all my startups and I know you're, you're the same way. This is one of our first episodes, just how we like to dynasty. We're, we're that way. We like building the win now teams. And I thought we were going to kind of see a little bit of a shift towards that a little bit more where it was going to be a little bit harder to do, but we're still, I mean, we're getting youth bumps all across the board here. I mean, we're getting, they finally come off, but like Aaron Jones, Dalvin cook are coming off in the ninth round. And if I can get those guys, wow. even if I am playing for 2023, if I do a startup next off season in 2023, and if I do it in, you know, August, I think I'm going to be taking Dalvin Cook and Aaron Jones in round nine if they're there, for sure. Yeah, I, I, I do think that it, it's the the mindset of this team is for next year. You know, you run a lot of age risk essentially. You know, with with some of these guys, maybe they get phased out. Maybe they're just not the same next year. You know, uh, nothing against you know CMC, Eckler, Henry. Like they're all just guys that are up there in age and i feel like that is the the sole reason that you know you, you see a lot of those other guys fall out eckler henry mccaffrey they're all chubb they're all the elite scorers in the upper age range um dalvin has kind of had an up and down year alvin dalvin and alvin both have had kind of uh, questionable years so you might just be looking at playing it safe really and that's that's why age has bumped uh, some of these guys up, you know, yeah. the youth, I should say, has bumped some of these guys up. And I do but, think we also need to know, like, the the season's going to go beyond our fantasy season, right? Teams are still going to be in the playoffs. There's they're yep. going to be on the field for longer, and injuries happen. And if one of these older guys does take an injury in like a playoff matchup, and say it's a nine month type of injury, not going to say what those are, but if they suffer one of those injuries in a playoff game, like. You, yeah then it wiped out the year then your your value is gone wherever you took them you could have gotten him five rounds later if the startup was in august <laughs> of next year so i i do understand the risk i still yeah. just even though it's a year out i think i'd rather have teams that look more like that than uh more than the rebuilding teams 
So I know I just want to kind of put you in this mindset before we wrap things up here, because I'm looking at the tight ends that, that are off the board here. We got what six off the board um, at, at from what we have here. I'm sure maybe one or two others have come off. You don't have to start a tight end, but you do have a significant 2.0 tight end premium. There's also a bunch of other big play bonuses and things like that that are beneficial. Do you feel like these tight ends, you know, excluding pits, but like, I think Kelsey's fine. Andrews is fine because they're they're elite. Would you be taking any of these Hawkinsons and Goddards and, and Kittles in this range just based on scoring? Or are you kind of like, I, I'll pass. I'll take my chances elsewhere. Glad you brought it up because this was the last thing that I was thinking about as we were ro- rolling through this is like, how do I how do I play tight end? Because it's always just all of the middle rounds are littered with tight end picks because you have to play one. And that's why. And they're, you know, a little bit more consistent than all the guys past like tight end nine. Um, I would still pay up. I honestly was thinking about it. Could you make an argument that Travis Kelsey is the first positional player taken off the board? I think there's an argument it's possibly to be taken there. Um, 2.0. Yeah, man. Possible. Um, man, it'd be, it'd be hard to do it over, over chase and Jefferson though. Um, I think I would actually have, Kelsey at the two one here. Um, if I if I was taking a draft, I think I would probably start it off that way. To be honest, uh, I think the the youth side of Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase, I'd still lean that way. But Travis Kelsey is going to be the number one overall scorer in terms of just positional players in this league for as long as he's playing. And so, I think there's I think there's an argument to have him up a little bit higher. Uh, I I do love you know Redwoods picking him up here at the two four as well. Past. Kelsey and Andrews, who I still think belong in round two. Obviously, we've already gone through Pitts and what I think of him, so I would obviously have him a little bit lower, but I understand the community value if he does ever get back to full actual relevancy at the tight end position. I don't think I'm taking another tight end for a long time. (laughs) And then once we get into that like back end range of, you know, Gerald Everett, Tyler Conklin, all of those dog shit, best ball, dart throw tight ends, I'm loading the fuck up on those guys because in two, because like we're playing in a lot of best ball leagues right now and over in destination Debbie with all of our startups over there, those guys consistently hit lineups and especially Mm -hmm. in a 2.0 premium, that's a heavy, heavy premium. So if they catch five balls in a week, they're scoring like 18 points. And so I I would load up on those guys. I'm going to take the, I'm going to take my top two of Andrews and Kelsey not going to take another one. I'm going to take all of the other positional values. And then I'm just going to take guys that that, that week, that dog shit best ball, dart throw tight end, hits five catches and a touchdown, and he scores 30 points and is in my lineup. I'm going to have like six or seven of those guys. Probably. I'm going to have a lot of those guys in that range. Once I get down in rounds like 16 and beyond, I might just take tight ends for like six rounds in a row. Yeah, I'm going to make the argument here. I, I, I'm pretty much in lockstep with you on that. You know, I'm, I'm trying to think this through because as you said, you take a, it is a snake draft. So you don't have the opportunity to just pick, take your pick of the litter. Like when tight ends start running off the board, they might run off the board and you might miss out on some of those guys. You might end up with only two, maybe three of those guys that you want instead of like the five, you, you five or six you ideally would have. So like I Goddard and Hawkinson, um, 
I'm I'm good with. Like I, I I wouldn't feel great about taking him this high. But again, if you can get Hawkinson, if you can get Conklin, and you can get you know Hurst and and Joku later, like if you can start stacking up some of those, you have a tradable asset, right? You can you can get rid of your top guy in Hawkinson and a heavy tight end premium and get you know and move that asset. Kittle, I love Kittle. I think that's I think he's a value. Like I feel like that's right there in the seventh round. That's where I'd be looking at tight end of that Hawkinson, Goddard, Kittle range. And Kittle's still young. Like he does get banged up. Man, he's special. Like he he's being used as an inline tight end or an inline tight end a lot this year in blocking, just because that O line has been banged up. They've been running a lot. They've needed that pass protection more than anything. But he can he can blow up for you and he can smash for you. And in a 2.0 tight end premium, like that's almost a value there going around, you know, Christian Watson and, and Hollywood like Kittle could in this format absolutely crush and be a top three option in the future. Again, questionable health risks, questionable quarterback stuff going on. Lots of mystery there. But you can see that kind of thing happening. But I'm with you. I think outside of that round seven, um, that's when I'd start looking at Hawkinson, Goddard, and Kittle. And then I'm maybe round 10, 11, 12. I'm going to start taking my shots on those guys. <laughs> yeah, I think George Kittle, you know, I think it's probably one of our biggest discrepancies of player value. I'm I'm on the adverse kill side i don't like his injury history i don't think that even with a good offensive line he doesn't stay in tight end blocks so i'm personally just a little bit more out than you on george kittle by a good amount so i wouldn't i i, I think he's pretty appropriately valued here uh but i i wanted to i wanted to see how many tight ends that i would actually be like trying to load up on as many of these guys once we get past rounds i mean yeah. disgusting ranges probably where these tight ends are going to be going off <laughs> I looked on, went over to KTC, our favorite site for rankings, a uh, favorite oh. site for rankings. Uh, don't use Literally. great trade calculators, but I like, I like it for, you know, just seeing the whole list of people. Tight end 17 is where I would start. And that's Daniel Bellinger. Okay. And then I went down to tight end 31 is the range of tight ends that I'm trying to target here. If I was to do this right now. Okay. Running through them real quickly. Bellinger, Otten, Everett, Gasicki, Higby, Ertz, Ingram, Juwan Johnson, Foster Moreau, Jelani Woods, Hayden Hurst, Irv Smith, Hunter Henry, Tyler Conklin, Robert Tunyon. If I can load up on six of those guys, I think three of those are probably going to hit my lineup every week. You know, you're not wrong. Can you go through eight through 16 for me? I'm just curious where, because I know the top, probably top eight, but like I'm curious where some of these other names are at. Eight through 16, Schultz and Joku commit. Dolchich, likely. Darren what? Waller, Knox, McBride, Fant. Yeah, you know, in all honesty, I'm fucking avoiding that range. Like, I think I would take Schultz and and Njoku and Dolchich maybe, but like there's a few names in there that I just don't want any part of. So yeah, I mean, I'm with you. If I can get, you know, one of the tight end five through nine range, five through 10 range, and then grab like three or four later on, like that's what I'm doing. Like you can, you can keep Hawk, you can keep Goddard, you can keep Kittle and I'll take, I'll take my shots on, on Schultz, which will probably be, 
I don't know if he's off the board yet, but I'll probably take my shot on Schultz in like the ninth round, um, tenth round then, and get one and then kind of push through. So, yeah, no, fun exercise, fun. Obviously, this is a real draft, so we're, we'll have an idea of what these teams look like and see how things go going forward. But since we've been doing a bunch of these uh, startup mocks, you know, we wanted to show this real draft going on this mid-season startup we are actually going to start up um, our own mid-season dynasty startup mock draft uh starting this weekend and so if you are interested and want to be a part of it we are going to have rookie picks in it as well uh so it'll be very similar to this format will be different but it'll give you kind of an idea so if you want to be part of that let us know in the comments hit us up on on twitter or on discord and we will make sure we uh we get you the link so that you can be a part of it uh, again take it serious the whole goal is to do an honest mock for 10 rounds you do have to be kind of clued in because we do it quick you know we, we yeah. do these 10 rounds within four days uh, so if you're someone that kind of is busy over the weekend we will be doing tons and tons of mocks going forward let us know you're interested we can hit you up in the future but uh, maybe this one you'll sit out so uh anything else you want to add before we wrap up cody yep if you stuck around with us for the full 115 you should probably be dedicated enough to where appreciate getting those mocks right so one appreciate you all for you know tuning in for this long and uh you know i think we had a good exercise at the beginning love this love this actual data from an actual league that we were able to use again one last shout out to 40 chess team over there patreon.com forward slash south Harmon. if you want to go check out some more of their stuff obviously find them on youtube and twitter wherever you can find those guys and uh, appreciate appreciate everything for you know letting us use yeah. this we're gonna like chase said hit us up for the spots in our next draft and i think that's all we got for today man this is a good one perfect well again thank you all so much for joining us here in the fantasy draft room we will see you next week